Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we are joined by guest Michael Grant, a good friend of ours and co-owner of Raw Film Productions. Enjoy. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, so how, how's life been faring you recently? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. Um, managing to keep busy in this uncertain time, which has been very fortunate. You know, uh, work has come in in ways that we didn't really expect. Recording a lot of stuff over uh, mm. Zoom primarily, as opposed to going out. Mm. And then beyond that, I suppose, like everyone else, it's like trying to find things to do that make the days a bit different. Yeah. It's very easy for them to just repeat, you know. How about yourselves? Yeah, I think very much the same. It's uh, quite funny because as we got started, we both invested in new cameras to, you know, take the video production world by storm and we're editing a lot of zoom calls it's funny how it happens like that <laughs> yeah but yeah we were we were the same we um spent some time i think you know when things started mm. to ease off near the end of last year and we bought like a new camera stabilizer and thought this is it this is going to be good you know we and yeah we've not used it once i think i've used it twice inside and then we actually spent a lot of time realizing we'll go back through a lot of our old equipment and so spent some time selling on a lot of stuff just to be ready for when things do open up mm. again we can see what's available and maybe buy some more stuff again but yeah just trying to trying to be ready trying to be one step ahead but not really knowing what that's going to look uh, like it's quite tricky yeah but how, how mm. would you find it because you mentioned you you finally got back out into the world recently uh. <laughs> yes yeah we, we had our first uh filming project actually out uh back in edinburgh and um that was quite interesting to be in edinburgh city center again after several months and it has even in that time i think it's kind of changed uh it was just it mm. felt like i felt like a bit of a tourist like in the center of town although there's no one else there but um it was interesting you know it's something that i've done for nearly a decade now professionally but stepping away from it for a few months and then to go back out with a camera in my hand was um it was a it was a bit of anxiety around it because you just you you prepare as much as you can but you just hope it's all going to come back to you because a lot of it is um it's not just the technical side it's it's piecing the film together in your head mm-hmm. as you're doing it trying to rely on that experience and and keep telling yourself yes you you know you can see the film can you see the film is it all going to come together thankfully uh, I think it went well and the feedback so far from the client has been positive so there's no better a uh, way of knowing than that, so that's uh, that oh, was a good thing. Incredible. How, how about yourselves? I saw something on your social media. You guys were back out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, doing some videography um, for it. It is my dad works there, and he needed fancy, nice videography, and was like, you know, are you free tomorrow between these <laughs> hours? Um, it was very much twenty-four hours put it together uh you know finding the locations and do you where could we shoot this uh uh this place okay great see you there kind of thing um and so yeah luckily we had the equipment on hand um you know i was like furiously charging everything overnight um and it was that kind of like okay right yeah camera's on uh new tripod oh okay this is how it works okay and then right plug it in and then is that the right way around and then okay and then oh right batteries in um it was a bit of a nightmare, but also I, I think as you're saying, 
you know, anxious to get back into it, but you can be confident in knowing that you will do it right or that one will do it right. Um, but it was definitely a little bit of like, oh my God, 24 hours to, to put this together to end up yeah. giving the footage back to him for his stuff. And how did it all go? Yeah, really smoothly. Um, you know, luckily I've worked with the client before. Um, <laughs> you know, I know dad well. So um, especially for like when he paused or needed to rethink or whatever, we, we were able to do minimal reshooting because I sort of knew him in that way. Yeah. Um, and and it looks far too gorgeous for a corporate video, <laughs> um, but no, he he's really happy with it, so that's good. That's not a bad thing though. It looks far too good for a corporate video. That's always <laughs> that's always good. Yeah, it is funny because they edited it their end. Right. Um. So there's a lot of very interesting transitions that I know Anton <laughs> wouldn't have chosen, um, as part of the video. Yeah. How How do you feel about that? When if you had it quite often before, where people ask you to film and you just hand over the footage. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I find that that in itself sometimes can be mm. I mean it can be a, a nice thing sometimes because your your project is you turn up, you do your on the day and then that's it. You you know, you you walk away from it. But sometimes I don't know if like me, I sometimes make mistakes maybe in some takes that I shouldn't mm. be making after all these yeah. years, you know, yeah. and, and you know that the client's never gonna see that, but when you have to handle the footage you're you're given I don't know, like everything's on show. Yeah. You yeah, where like there's it? where you've got you in the audio being like, "Oh fuck, we do that again." <laughs> yeah, <You> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or I don't know. Like sometimes you you've worked at the whole taking, you've 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 hit record and then realized it's completely out of focus as well, and you're like, "Well, we need to do it again." And if you you just kind of mask that, I don't know, some in some way, yeah, yeah. that happens. Not obviously mm. often, but you know, or or just like you hit record. I've got a habit of hit record and then finding the shot afterwards. Mm. So, for anyone who has to edit my footage afterwards, they have to like trail through. They must like the first half of it be thinking, "What is he doing? Why? Did, what? What are we? What is he even aiming for here?" You know. But yeah. I would know because I'm used to editing. And I stuff. think there's a lot of you like set up a shot and then rather than you know pausing, waiting a wee second, moving it, you know, just get three or four or five shots and then you're maybe look at what's been chosen. It's like, oh, that was just the first one. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it yeah. sings. Or, or with multiple takes, the last one isn't always the best one. It could be one of the middle ones and then you did it too many times and then it's awful. And so, yeah, yeah if you know, okay, well, shot three was actually really great, you can just go straight to that one rather than having to, like, filter through yeah. all the different shots. I suppose, like, the, I don't know, the kind of, uh, like, classic setup would be that the camera person just sends it to an editor and that would be a professional editor's job to go through all that oh, God. but um yeah but when it's your own you're used to your own uh way of going about it yeah because i don't do it often i sometimes just think all oh, right okay um my my um my desire is to go through it beforehand to send it to them but then that's a lot of time and you're not that's not what you're being paid for so you don't do it you just send it all off and hope that it's what they're looking for i don't know it's something that doesn't happen often with us but when it does because um... i don't do a lot of the editing with us that's a lot of what i do is i just send it over to anton um I know, I know you, Anton, feel very different about it, though. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's funny. I think I got, like, petrified of that idea incredibly young where it was, uh, I did the high school photography at my school, and there was one particular day, and it was, like, using, you know, a 300-pound Nikon thing that didn't focus uh, at all. And they're like, just take a lot, I'll skim it down, and that'll be fine. I was like, sure. Go out, take a thousand photos, half of them are out of focus. 
and then like the next assembly it was like here's all the photography of anton and it was just like a 50 minute slideshow of like half the photos just not being <laughs> anything worth looking at and i was like all right i'm never trusting anyone <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah you live and you you learn but yeah yeah i, I was kind of curious because you, you mentioned obviously you've you're about hitting 10 years of doing the raw film stuff now yeah mad something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been great it's 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 really um it doesn't feel in many ways like 10 years because for the first well over half of it i was working two jobs had raw film productions and also working for the vast majority of that time at queen margaret university so i was juggling both things because it took a long time for her but uh, i guess for our business to have enough work coming through it to support myself and agatha it it might have been able to do it quicker but i also really enjoyed working at queen margaret university mm-hmm. and so there was and also it was a nice it was a really nice balance um but yes yeah, so the last couple of years it's just been completely full time i think with that yeah the 10 years has just flown by and and working as a freelance filmmaker feels still quite new because I've only been working on like full time as a freelance filmmaker for a relatively short period of time. But Mm. yeah, it's hard to, it's not something we keep track of, but then LinkedIn's quite good at reminding you once a year. (laughs) Scaring you. Yeah. You suddenly get messages. I'm not on, I don't do a lot with LinkedIn, but um, I suddenly get like emails telling me I've got a few more notifications and I'm like, what's that about? And it's always on the anniversary of raw film. Mm. So yeah, I think it's it's we started early, um, twenty uh, late late twenty eleven. So yeah, coming up to ten years. And <laughs> the partnership between you two, sort of, how have you found that? Um, I know we've talked about it on the podcast a bit before, as sort of working with an, another half in that kind of way. How how have you found that? I, I find it brilliant to have someone else be, to be like to be in a partnership. Um, and I know a lot of people that just are freelance on their own. But and that's and that's fine. But I find working with Agatha like we've got a lot of very um, complementary skill sets, and you just I I couldn't really imagine it doing it like working in this way with anybody else, and mm. and it's only like you just it's just so natural now. Like after ten years, um, and that's yeah. I was trying to think. It's not like we know exactly it's not like for you know you talk about people being so in sync you know they're a person thinking it's not always like that there's still always like different points of views coming in and that's really good for like especially the creative side of things um so it's always good like sending edits to each other and getting feedback because we still look at things quite differently which is which is good and now it's i find it like i say i just find it very very helpful i'd recommend if people want start up in this industry on their own you can definitely do it but i think a partnership and then other people might grow from there but i think just working with a team is is very helpful how, how are you mm. guys finding it i mean you guys knew each other quite a lot through u- uni yeah did you know each other the whole way through uni and start working yeah it was kind of a slightly later thing it was actually i think i believe second or third year uh finally connecting up and mm. it was I think like after one of the video production classes, it was like learning lighting, and we're like, okay, we can. Uh, it, like a lot of people were like, oh no, what what are we doing now? Like uh, starting to look out towards like fourth year and beyond. And at that point, we'd both started doing stuff, uh, quite a lot of videography work, freelance by ourselves, 
and you know i think there is an element of just like you hit a certain scale and it's like you know it would be better if there was multiple people to you know divide and conquer basically um you know it takes a little bit of stress like if i think one of our first jobs collaborating with each other was a uh, for for charity in east Lovin and you know having somebody be able to you know be behind the camera having somebody just focus on like getting a good interview you know it just makes things so much easier mm. and yeah it just started out fairly simply like that eh? yeah and it, it got us to focus on um the the sort of skills that were a bit more relevant to us as individuals rather than i think what can be so difficult about doing the freelance work like totally by yourself is that you you have to be really good at all of it mm -hmm. so especially if there's little bits that you struggle with particularly that will pull everything down um when as as the two of us we can sort of get more of our expert areas even though if we need to we can both do all of it um so that's been sort of nice that i can be like i hate doing this you, <laughs> yeah. you get to do it yeah yeah i, I also found it just think as well like beyond the technical side i find having someone else it was very handy on the business side mm. of things because um i suddenly became like we didn't really study business and certainly when we did the course there wasn't as much in the way of like mm. sorry because i know we all studied at queen margaret there wasn't as much in the way of focusing on like how to actually run a business in fact, it was something that I'd never even thought about doing until after I'd graduated when our lecturer, Walid, said, why don't you just like, because we were trying to find a, trying to find a job uh, in, in a already established film company was, was proven very difficult. So he said, mm -hmm. why don't you just go at freelance? And, and so, yeah, never had thought about running a business before, had no, had no real interest up until that point, like business management, business studies. So to have someone else to just completely like keep going back and forth when we're talking with clients and negotiating contracts and things. That was very helpful because I feel there more than anywhere else, I would have felt very alone, very unsure of mm. myself. Technical side, yeah, a bit naive, maybe a bit green because I hadn't done too many professional jobs before, but would have been able to rely on some experience that I'd learned to the course. But the business side of things definitely needed that, needed someone to be there in the, in, you know, in the in the corner with me to like figure out what we're gonna do but yeah it's um if you don't mind me asking so obviously you know kind of decided to take the plunge into making going freelance starting the company where, where did you start because obviously I, I know in the case of both myself and louise it was just kind of a case of like oh i guess we're technically freelance anyway <laughs> but you kind of started in a yeah. slightly different position from us there yeah I, um i'm just trying to just trying to remember the chain of events in a way I'll, I'll keep it as brief as possible but um yeah so i graduated and i'd, I'd kind of got the opportunity to work on a couple of projects you know like uh, you guys yourselves might have done it was um you know not being paid but getting the experience and yeah. working with clients so it was, yeah it was working with charities mm -hmm. and things like that and then I, I managed to find a job online that was too big for me to do by myself and at this point i was still really focusing on getting experience to get um, hired by some company that was already established so that's why I was quite happy to just do all these projects for free and, and just build it up like that but then I got a project and um, I got asked to do that definitely required a team mm -hmm. and up until that point I actually I knew Agatha kind of my business partner now but I didn't really know her at uni at all um, 
I just knew that she was making a re her dissertation film. There was a lot of buzz about it. And then when it was actually made, it did very well. And so I knew she was a good filmmaker in that sense. So I reached out to her purely on the back of the fact that I thought she was a good filmmaker. I didn't know her. And I said, do you want to help me out with this project? I didn't know at the time, but she was working in a bar and she was just the same as me, desperately trying to find a way to like mm. do this like full time. So she like came on board and we worked on that project and it was I think it was her idea along with Walid's sort of suggestion she was just like well why don't we just keep doing this this project went well why don't we just turn it into a, an official company and and yeah and that's I think that was yeah the end of 2011 and I was like wow okay this is actually yeah we're this is what we're going to do now we're not going to we're not going to look to be employed by someone else let's see how far we can run with this and I guess mm -hmm. we just didn't know. We thought we might as well try because it was an. Inch, I, I think a lot of people talk about this. Um, you, if you try and get employed by an established company, you're, they're looking for experience in paid professional work, but it's very hard to get that without the yeah. experience to begin with. So we were trying to cultivate our own experience, and then yeah, just set up the company and ran with it. So it came. It came very organically, and it, it seemed to come very casually. And then it was a. I think the early days was very much a crash course and how do we run a company so we we went to as many workshops as we could see like through the princess trust business gateway i think it was something i think it was called like scottish enterprise i don't know if some of them like are still on the go but they just offered a lot of workshops and courses mm -hmm. and we just did as many as we could in like marketing advertising yourself taxes a lot about taxes which 10 years on, I still don't fully understand. <laughs> um, it's so difficult to pay taxes. We just, just... want to give you money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that was, that's where it began. And it was just slowly drumming up a portfolio of work to try and apply for, for new, bigger projects as the years went on. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, this year you, you've done some filming with them. Um, Nicola, the big Nicky themselves. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so like now, we, now we've kind of got ourselves in a position where we have people who um, come back to us quite often, and a few of them are, are PR companies. So we're like outsourced to do the video work, and yeah, we had the opportunity to work with Nicola Sturgeon at the start of the pandemic in quite a nice project, uh, given everything that was going on, and it was with children asking her questions and her giving her response and so that was on the on the surface of it a very straightforward project it was just an interview with her and then over uh just cutaways to the kids asking questions but obviously given the person involved felt a lot more complicated felt a lot more tension than it actually was um yeah that was that was a nice different one and then after that we didn't film for about eight months because of what happened not not you because peaked. we did anything wrong but because uh we weren't allowed to go out and do anything uh -huh. you know so yeah. yeah so how have you you kind of been keeping your yourselves busy have you been is it just been doing a lot of zoom call cell editing or is it have you been diversifying or just kind of waiting what's kind of been the approach if i may ask there yeah um we have i kind of i suppose it's kind of like changed throughout the course of the lockdown and the pandemic because we we started doing zoom calls to to film the, to film the zoom calls and edit them down we 
we tried to do we tried a lot of different approaches to like recording and working remotely so whether it's creating a, a detailed outline of how people should film themselves and then getting people to film on their phones and sending us footage or over zoom where arguably the quality is not as good but you get more control over it and then when lockdown eased a bit we were back out filming with new guidelines on mm. how to you know like we mm. always favored clip on mics and things like that well now we just avoid and all that kind of stuff and we're just using boom uh boom poles and xlr mic, shotgun mics on boom poles so little changes just to try and you know, just adapt and keep us trying to go out as much as possible um we also uh trained to get our drone pilot's license for commercial flying just something that would be a different service that we could offer and felt like a good time to, to train and do it because it was yeah, a little yeah. bit quieter and in some ways we're hoping that will be that'll be quite good as well because even if lockdown continues you can still go out be completely autonomous and stand in the field flying yeah. the drone you know so yeah send the drone out the window <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> things like that try and stay as, as far back as possible yeah but it's so it, it has been a case of trying to um modify our approach and keep work coming in but we were in some of some of our clients with the lockdown being in place they, they've got more of a desire to get messaging out mm. because things are changing like the people that work with nicholas sturgeon and work with the government they they're trying to get things out all the time so mm. although everyone would like everything to look very nicely filmed it's more important that the messaging gets out there at this time so that's where zoom has stepped in and that's where our work has continued to come in because it's important to get these messages out there um what about mm. yourselves have you found you've had i mean so you basically started your business we basically started at the start of lockdown um because we were still finishing up dissertation and um doing sort of students union related stuff and so it was like oh okay now we're locked down we finished up and then it was like right let's just do it you know, and I think like taking getting the bank account took forever and then HMRC took forever. So there was a lot of those slow processes that were like, well, it's fine. You know, nothing's nothing's going to change anyway. So that's all right. Um, and then we had a couple jobs that we just had waiting and waiting forever because it was we couldn't get into film. And then we, they couldn't pay us because we didn't have the bank account. And, you know, stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. That was just a long summer. Um, and then by the time sort of summer had ended and then things were picking up we were able to get out more we then got a few more jobs in um but it but it still also doesn't you know there's been a lot of sort of false starts i think um and it's just really good to finally be getting back out and doing you know the bit of the job that we really love yeah indeed no but i mean i think the idea of false starts is when you're starting any business you're going to go through it and i, I can't say it mm. would have started much quicker from my experience yeah. even if you weren't in London but it's um it's great that you still got like projects coming in and and hopefully building like when we spoke last time Anton you said you know like prospective projects are sort of yeah. coming back and momentum is building as the year progresses yeah, it's, I mean, that's, it's that's been a, an interesting time because uh, a lot of the work we have been doing has been so much more of just getting our name into certain pools trying to make some relationships with some of the, the agencies uh, kind of business owners that are kind of in positions that you know adjacent fields that we think we could uh, appeal well to and you know at the time a lot of those were like we can't see anything now but we're starting to get to the point where people yeah, are just yeah. chasing up 
us up and be like, yeah, we spoke six months ago or something like that, which um, hopefully doesn't become an overflow. But so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem for another time. <laughs> <A good laughs> but that is very much the case. Like, we found that multiple times that like people do come back to you way down the line. And hopefully mm. not as long as this, but I'm sure there was an example where someone came back to us like two or three years later. We did something <laughs> when we just started and then they came back with some, I think it was, I might be a little bit wrong and if Agatha hears this, she might tell me I'm, I'm completely off in the timeline, but I'm pretty sure we worked with some um, uh, uh, charity rela or organization related to golf and we did a free project with them. Um, and they came back much later after we'd done this free project and took us to Canada. So oh that was God. so that was quite a good thing to wait for, you know. So um mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm not saying I hope I'm hoping that you don't have to wait as long as that for good things. But but they are, oh. you know, you never know what's happening within that company and then yeah. they have their name your name to hand and when they're finally in a position to move on a project, you're hopefully there and available, you know. But it does happen. And it can be a little bit scary sometimes when you put the work in and then you just don't hear anything for a long time yeah i think it's partly you know the pandemic and that the the restrictions keep changing so much which you know they are changing to meet the safety needs so a lot of it is like oh okay now it is stricter sorry which is like very fair um but it means that people who were like almost about to sort of give you that yes are then holding off again so it's not only those kind of planting of seeds for the like longer projects that maybe do just take a couple of years for the company to figure out what they want it is also like immediate work is also that kind of halted um so you've just got to you know set so much stuff up we've been doing you know i think as well just january february is a bit quieter anyway because it's manky outside yeah so there's been a lot of lead generation for multiple <laughs> months now and I I hate it, but, <laughs> do it. <laughs> but I hate it. Yeah, you you got to do it. like I said, like you're early in in your business as yeah. well. So this is mm. this is the this is the real like grind to try and get that business coming in, and then and then hopefully in a couple of years you find you've got this roster of clients, and then off the back of that your your name spreads and you get new clients coming in. Like we're in a very fortunate position now where we don't often go out seeking work there's contracts that come in that we find and will apply for but we do have people come in at the woodwork that we don't know how they've necessarily got in touch with us and we need to figure out how and it's off old projects because we've got such a so mm. many years now so it, it will it will come and that's a nice thing to look forward to but yeah right at this point you, the stage that you guys are in is both exciting but also um i guess in some ways it might seem like there's a little bit of uncertainty because you don't know what's going to pay off and what isn't. Yeah, it's it, oh yeah, it's a it's an interesting time, and I, I think uh, obviously this was something something you'll you'll know yourself much better than us. Is especially even now that we're at uh, I guess nine months along, there is an element of just being like, oh, we're we've built up an identity, we've built up a portfolio of work. Uh, people are starting to you know we we do the creative circle uh, events here in Edinburgh, and you know. People are like, oh, we recognize you. We we remembered that name and that, mm. uh, you know, that logo and that design. Uh, and, you know, that's something that's slowly building up. So, you know, very exciting that, you know, as you progress, yeah. you know, it all adds up eventually. And and as well, even just that learning, you know, I think, as you said, what is what will be fruitful? What won't, you know, who is a client that is asking for too much and we just couldn't do or... Mm -hmm 
you know, who will maybe be a bit difficult later, starting to discern those now as well um, is is being just really important, I think. So we're yeah. not ending in these kind of final stages of production and it's all over the place and the client is difficult and whatever. Yeah. Um, that you sort of have to have, you know, a bad experience to then, okay, never do that again. And then a different bad experience. Okay, never yeah. do that one again. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I, that's true to look out for those things but i wish i could say it was it was as easy to see those telltale guaranteed signs there's no way of knowing <laughs> in some respects something that should be straightforward and everything tees up nicely ends up just becoming very difficult and you don't see it coming but um but yeah it's no you get there oh, absolutely. I suppose, like you said like you said earlier you live live and learn <laughs> but um yeah this unfortunately there's no steadfast rules for all those things but yeah, i was just thinking that you're saying like about which clients you get to see um which clients you'll you kind of will want to work with and others you might not but um have you guys ever something that we were always asked a lot when we started was um what is our usp going to be what what field what what area of film production are we going to focus on mm. and we ended up not really doing that because in in a in an attempt to establish the company early on, we would take on any project that would come our way, and in the end, we found that that kind of benefited us because we could just, you know, there was no we realized it wasn't in our in our circumstance it wasn't wise to say we're only going to work on yeah, yeah. Uh, like corporate work and we're only going to work on charity work. We ended up finding a middle ground where quite a lot of what we did for a long time was charity work, but now it's maybe more um a mixture of corporate and charity if you guys is that something you had considered like this is this is what we're going to do or is it just in this early stage are you still feeling like you're finding your feet and want to explore as many different types of filmmaking as possible yeah i think there's definitely the finding our feet and when work is sort of a bit sparse there is an inclination you're right to just take it um, but I also think some of the jobs that we have had that we've just sort of taken have ended up being really good because either the client really liked the sort of style that we're building or we were just best suited because, you know, we're the right target demographic or, you know, we have the better understanding of the platform it's on, things like that. Um, but I think definitely we've talked to a lot of people about how hard they have honed in and specialised. And I think at least at this stage, we've got a lot of stuff we want to try you know, I know with the stop motion work, you know, that was something we suggested because we were like, we know the theory yeah, of stop yeah. motion. You know, it can't be that hard, right? And of course, it was a lot harder than we thought. And we've started really to refine that. But I would never say that, yes, we will be purely 100% stop motion because that seems to cut off other sort of possibilities there. Um, I think as well, we're developing a style, but that doesn't necessarily or is not restricted to a type of work yeah i think it's more what do you need it for you know and then we can maybe help that more yeah yeah that's an interesting point like trying to suppose it is a difficult balance when you're working in in, in corporate filmmaking because yeah. you want your own style but it can't be to the detriment of some clients they won't come to you because potentially clients that you want to work with they won't come with you because you're like your style's too i, I, I don't know just to over the top. I, don't, I don't know yes yeah, st yeah stylist exactly yeah um, yeah, that's, yeah that's an interesting because i do know people that work like they worked freelance for a while and now they're kind of focusing in on themselves mm. as this is 
this is my process, this is the type of films that I make. If you're wanting to hire me as a filmmaker, you, you, yeah. you look at my track record, this is exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be my style put onto this new message. Whereas I feel that we're more, we kind of try and showcase our flexibility mm. to show that we can adapt mm. to other companies' messaging and style um, so that we can make a high-quality product in keeping with like their themes and, and their messaging and, and their own in-house style, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. been a, an interesting one, and I think where it gets a, a little bit fragmented in our case is uh, obviously going from photography, design, uh, graphic design, and videography, very kind of different ones. So it has been very much a case of, you know, what as a whole, you know, encapsulates and kind of it can be consistent across those different mediums. And as well as that, I think a lot mm. of what we've been doing has been trying to, to sell ourselves on the fact that we have all free in-house, which is not the most common for the company our size. Um, it seems to be a little bit larger companies. They seem to then get their, you know, one graphic design person or one photography person and they're able to expand mm. that way. But it's been interesting. Uh, and I think that combination of skills has been fun for us, at least in terms of, you know, doing story stuff that's uh, you know involves a little bit of graphic design a little bit of video uh, and vice versa with uh, photography and videography can, can blend quite easily if it's like say uh, an event uh, piece which we sadly haven't done in a good while <laughs> it, it does sound like it is interesting you've got those things all in-house and I, I was just gonna say yeah especially in this in the early days of a company that can surely only benefit you greatly i think and you might find it depends how it depends how you go forward. It's, you'll find you'll you'll change with the needs and the desires of the company as it comes forward. But you might drop one of those services, yeah. or it might fall back a little bit because you're focusing more on this, or you might find you need to take on more. It's an interesting mm. thing, I think, when you're in. Maybe all businesses are like this, but because it's you're not just selling like a, a product, you're not just then like like a physical thing, and then you're just developing that as time goes on. You. You're, you're trying to follow the whims of an entire industry and you've got to either move with it or, or make yourself, like I said, other people that are just like, well, no, this is what I do and you can buy yeah. me doing this. A lot of people our age who have got the experience in either YouTube or, you know, have grown up with that sort of social media heavy background are similar to us that they have to have had a lot, you know, have had to do their own headshots, have had to do, you know, their own merch photos, have had to make their own logos, you know, have had to edit their own videos. Um, and so I think we are definitely sort of part of, you know, if maybe not ahead of the curve of our of that generation who are sort of now moving into the industry um, of the kind of multi multi tech lingual in a way. Um, and so I think, yeah, we, you're right. We're not selling a product. We're kind of selling our skills or our ability to. So at least for the moment, there is no need to say, oh, well, we won't do that skill that we're equally as good at, you know, and have practice with. Um, and it has been beneficial if we're also doing thumbnails, you know, to have the nice photography in there or even just the equipment that's relevant um, for maybe more product shots or more macro photography or you know having to be able can you animate the logo and it's like well yeah we could i'll take you know another couple hours are you happy to pay for that yeah sure okay great you know we'll we'll animate your logo um and that ability has been really popular with clients more than us just messing around i think yeah I, just 
everything you're listening as well though like is that not what makes i think it sounds like it's more fun yeah. <laughs> i know like because this is it this is yeah like well this is it like to have to be in a in a, in a job where it's so varied like mm-hmm. and, and if you can i mean that's brilliant if you can keep that like um those broad range of services available then obviously that's what you'd want to do because yeah it just makes your day or the projects that you bring in more interesting i mean that's something i suppose with my line of work is yeah there's stressful times with it but i do mm. love it like i just i think it's mm. it's a great thing to be either out filming or editing or we do a little bit of like animation stuff so every time i get i that's there and open and how much i want to develop that is purely up to my myself because it's my own business mm. and so having that freedom i find running your own business it, it's I love that aspect of it and I do find it interesting like sometimes the idea of being in a in a a job where you're hired by another company can have its can be appealing in a way because there's like arguably more stability and maybe more direct lines of like where you could grow in that in those posts but then I always come back to just thinking about well I don't know what I'll be doing tomorrow I could be out filming with this person or I could be inside editing and then and I just, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's great. Oh, absolutely. So just, when you were just listening to all those things just there, it was like, yeah. it just seems great that you've got all those options, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's interesting, Kel, going, circling back to that business aspect of it there, where I don't know if you, you quite agree, but it's interesting to go into this. Obviously, I think, you know, coming into this field, it is very much, you know, like, oh, I get to be creative and make some money. That's fantastic. <laughs> but like growing yeah. into it and being like, you know, it was like chatting kind of with more distant relatives, and it's just been like, yeah, I'm a business owner. And how 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 do you yeah. find that for yourself? I, I guess I'm used to it now. But yeah, very early days, I felt like because it's school and everything, I didn't do like business management, which was like a yeah, one of the subjects you could choose. And I just had no interest. I just thought business. I guess up until I like had a business, this might sound like naive or a bit ridiculous, but business was people in suits going into offices. Mm. That's what a business was. And I understood there was trades, then that was a different and you run that. And But I just, to suddenly be filmmaker, like filming, editing, and that actually just being, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I guess, a business owner as well. It did feel very strange for, for a long time, but no, it's just part of part and parcel of being a filmmaker is like being a freelance filmmaker i still i still would say that is my primary title as opposed to business Mm. owner would be way (laughs) checklist Uh, just in terms of my mentality about it all but it is it is a a very large encompassing part of it running the business side of things and that's what a lot of people speak about when we did all these free workshops when trying to establish um raw film productions there was a lot of breakdowns you guys might have seen it as well about how much time you spend running your business and how much time you spend contacting yeah. clients and but and then by the end of it the creative side is like the smallest section going out and actually doing the job but uh once it's up and running it doesn't feel like you're ever that far away from doing the creative side i think i think it, it was presented to us like you're going to find you're going to be looking at spreadsheets most of the day and then but that's not been the case thankfully in this line of work especially i think as well you know the part of it is 
so much of it can be creative as well. Like I think even those original making up beats or storyboards, you know, that can be, oh, well, I'll just do something generic or it can be, okay, I want to try something new. Let's do something interesting here. You know, even I think even just organizing spreadsheets and and organizing how you do it, that it can still be done in creative ways, you know, making making up your own branding and, and stuff can be creative. I think as creative people, we sort of can't help but design and create and, and do that kind of side of it. Um, and But, you know, you're right, there is just days where it's like, why am I doing this? And then there's other days you're like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that can really depend yeah, on the project as well sometimes it can be a real some sometimes editing can i find can be a real slog and sometimes it's an absolute joy i'd say that's mm. more in the editing than going out and actually filming whenever you go out with a camera i'm just like that's yeah. me i love that that's great um but some days you're yeah, editing because you're on a project for days and yeah. like any job everyone will say that the weather's fantastic outside and you're just staring at this the same scene for hours and hours and hours yeah. There's a project we've got coming up and it was just, you know, very early stages of putting it together. And I was like, oh, Anton, (laughs) you know, you'll have to edit this, (laughs) you know, ha ha ha, (laughs) enjoy. Um, Because that's going to just be, that's going to be like probably a week at least. Um, And and you'll you'll love hate it. (laughs) Uh, It's, um, you know, Ed's in my space, I can just zone out and then wake up and it's you know it's Doesn't july so that's all fine for me but <laughs> yeah what's you know obviously you've, you've built up a, an incredible portfolio now what's kind of some of the, the mm. highlight projects that are just like i either super enjoyed making this or just super happy with the, the final product um i suppose this there has always been like uh, for a long time it's been a standout one for us we were involved with a charity called 500 miles and we made uh we asked to be brought in because they were doing a, a campaign called The Big Dinner. And the charity creates prosthetics and orthotics for people in Africa, uh, primarily in Malawi. And so, and the, per- and the person who runs it, Olivia Giles, is, is based in Edinburgh. And I can't actually remember how we ended up getting in contact with her, but um, she, she reached out to us and, and we started talking and we, we started working on this project. And it was a massive project for to to quite new freelance filmmakers because we're talking like six years ago now maybe Mm. close to seven and it involved um involved us going out to malawi for over a week to film at the centers over there so that in itself was a very big that was our first international project not that we do a lot of them but certainly the most like far far flung and so that was um, a very like amazing experience, uh, like um, very eye-opening as well. And then off the back of that, we then did all the domestic filming here, and that was kind of good in a way because we had a real perspective of what good work this this project was doing. Yeah, and we and we had to we filmed like uh, a video a week, and this could be uh, like involving uh, like celebrities doing like a celebrity cook-off or. Um, just uh, stories of people who have donated for the ch- or volunteered for the charity here, and it was just co- like very much focusing in on this media campaign. Things had to be released every week, and it was all building up to this 
event that was going to be an hour-long show presented um, and made to look pretty much like um, I don't know, like Children in Need or Red Nose Day, like but based in this in this um, venue where there was lots of like celebrities and big donors where they were having this dinner, and it was huge. It was absolutely huge, and it was just the two of us doing it. And it was very tough and required a lot of very late nights. And I was still working at Queen Margaret at the time. So it was like, mm. it was like beyond working two jobs. It was like working three jobs in, in one go. And it was just, it was, it was very, very difficult at times. But at the end of it, it, it really came together and we really surpassed our own expectations of it. And um, the, they reached their target for what they were trying to raise. Um, and, you know, you can only hope that we had a positive effect on that with the work that we'd done and it's really stuck with us and we look back on it now like really fondly and it quite often comes back to like that project like oh, do you remember when we when we did that do you remember like what we were working with when you look back at the equipment we had as well because we didn't yeah, have yeah. you know what we have now and and yeah we were just very it was very much like trying to figure out a lot of stuff as it came about and like I said, it all came together. So that was definitely, it was definitely the, the the biggest, most successful project that I think in our eyes. Wow. Looking back at it, and there, there's so many though. Like the, there's so like, and they really vary. I remember speaking to people like our lecturer Walid, when when I was starting off, and I was asking him about projects that he'd done. And he said he couldn't remember. And at that time, like making a film for me was was really like yeah. still very scary, and it was a very big deal making a film. I was like, how can you not remember the films that you've made? how is that possible <laughs> and then as the years have gone on you just make so many that um mm. it is easy to forget and there's some like i'm sure there's another one i'll think as soon as this podcast is over and i'll be like oh that one was amazing i should have mentioned that one but that's big dinner is the one that always immediately comes to mind when we'll cast that wow question. that's that's incredible because i think there it's not even obviously one a, a massive creative undertaking but two as a, a new business a massive logistics uh, situation mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. even though as some i'm just like batteries dirt <laughs> like there's so much stuff to worry about yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was it was uh yeah it was a lot that was actually yeah the logistics side of things even was something because if you take like the last section which was filmed in this venue and then we had to we had to film it like it was live but obviously it, it wasn't and so there was a lot of i just remember having a floor plan of, of the building and saying like okay we'll film this section here and it'll lead into this film that we got from here and it was just to to put together a program of that scale we'd never had to do before because yeah. it wasn't just a case of making an individual film it was just how does it how do these films that are quite individual tie into this overall thing how do we link it all the way through when do we come in with pleas for more donations when do we hit them with something like hearted mm -hmm. when do we hit them with something more all that to build into something that big we never done it on that scale and so like and we weren't alone we did have the, the people that worked within the charity very much all of us working together on it um, and we're still in contact with the founder of that charity and because once you go through something like that big you, you yeah yeah, you don't. yeah we, we catch up and things and so it's, it's really nice that was yeah a lot of good things came from that it was tough though mm. but a lot of good things came from that project yeah, and, and quite incredible because I know that's something that's been kind of conscious in the back of my head is, you know, as a kind of a new filmmaker, a lot of the stuff, you know, you hit that 10 minute, maybe 50 minute mark. And that's like most, maybe 90% of projects. And it's when you get up beyond that, 
yeah. you know you're you're into a world of a completely different style of video production and just logistically the scale the planning it's a completely different thing yeah and it's interesting like saying that you know that's the longest film we made and then i'd say that the priority ever since then has been trying to convince the vast majority of clients that things need to be shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter yeah. and shorter you know every, everything needs to be short snappy you do you guys find that as well or do you still get people asking for like five minute long films and well, we worked on a six-second clip. Wow. <laughs> and that was that was a whole different level of, okay, this is so short. You know, kind of a different level of thinking of we know how snappy we can be, but we also then know how long that will take. Um, but yeah, there will be people who are like, yeah, we'd love like a five-minute interview. And we're like, so you mean like a two-and-a-half max-minute <laughs> interview? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even then, well, we find we'd, we'd probably say something like, you want it to be a minute, knowing that it might be 90 seconds, but if we aim for a minute, then that's much yeah, more yeah. manageable. Yeah. Oh. Six seconds. Yeah. Is that how you said was that? That was for... <laughs> what, what did... It was a yeah, mid YouTube, So it was like, we need a call to action, we need a logo, and we need a, a quick statement. And it's all animated, yeah. and it was just like, literally a matter of frames. We were speeding up individual uh, syllables that were slightly yeah, yeah. too long to just squeeze it in. Um, and I think we did a couple 16 second uh, non uh, skippable ones mm. as well. So the six second ones you can just watch without skipping. Uh, and then it was a, yeah, it was a really fun on my part to just have to have to edit as fast as possible. Yeah, to be that strict mm. in it, like we've we've not been that short, but we find we we're having to do edits for like Instagram stories, whereas there's it's so yeah. rigidly like 30, 30 seconds, like you have to be. And that, that is interesting. When I mean, you've got a film that, in our case, it'll sometimes be films that are like 90 seconds long. And they're like, okay, then the main film's 90 seconds long. Could we could we cover almost the exact same content in 30 seconds? And you're mm. like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's your, jo- your job to try and figure that out. Yes. Uh, time, yeah, having that strict timeline can be, yeah. can be interesting. Uh, and I fun. think it can have, um, you know, limitations in any regard, whether it be that the lockdown we're in now, uh, you know, having to keep, cut a you know a 90 second clip down to 30 seconds or you know you're traveling off and you can only bring so much gear it, you know it encourages a degree of mm-hmm. creativity which i think is quite fun quite fun where you know even if we get a job we've got one that came in recently which will probably be our, our longest job ever and it's like all right we need to reassess how we're doing that but you know in that planning there is a, a level of, kind of creativity yeah. which i think helps you know as you're saying you know you're you're told so much of the running of the business will be business and a little bit of creative but i think that creative planning and working around really helps blend the lines a little i do love me a good um organization afternoon where you're like (laughs) okay you know these are the notes we've got on like three different documents right let's pull it together let's start to let's start to visualize it and then you know you'll be like oh yeah how about this and then i'll be like i couldn't even think about that put it in And then it's like, what do we do here? And we both draw a blank and it's like, okay, right. You know, take five minutes. Let's rethink, refresh yourself. Let's come creative, more ideas, inspiration. Um, And like, I just love that. I'm I'm a bit of a, of a pre-production fan. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. No, that's, that's, that's great. And like you said, you know, like it's being able to work off like the two of you working together, like just there Mm. sounds like exactly why I think working in a team is, is, is so useful. Like I say, plenty of people do it just completely freelance on their own and they're great at it, but 
yeah, having that ability to just keep bouncing ideas off each other. But, and yes, also, yeah, pre-production is... Yeah, if you, if you can absolutely nail it in pre-production, then the rest of it is so much easier. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> so no surprises, and yeah. But, um, yeah, it has overall been absolutely fantastic chatting to yourself, Michael. And um, if people wanted to, to either connect with yourself, uh, learn more about raw film productions, where would be the best people to, to head off and help check out your work? I think uh, the best place would definitely be um, just our website and our which www.rawfilmproductions.com um, and uh, just find us on Facebook we're just Raw Film Productions on, on Facebook and from there there'll be links to our other social media channels but Facebook's probably like the main place that we post things and then everything seeds off from that but no it's been great talking to you guys as well it's brilliant to see you so set up and and like just doing so well it's, it's just great um, we had, you know, great inspiration um, to take from you yourselves, of course, <laughs> getting us some of our first jobs, you know, so thank you. Too <laughs> kind. Okay. Uh, you guys were always going to be fine. Uh, yeah. Why? Thank you. Great. Thanks. Thanks very much. Well, wouldn't you agree, Louise? That was absolutely lovely to catch up with Michael. It's always lovely to talk to him. He was so supportive, especially during our undergrad, not only in helping us get a few jobs, but also in giving us some advice when we were unsure and, and I mean, for me, constantly helping me with equipment. So just lovely to, to sort of see him again, even though the listeners didn't see him. We saw him. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, uh, you know, I, I've gifted uh, the audience by not uh, just asking random tech questions because uh, he, <laughs> he is very incredibly knowledgeable. And um, it also just lovely to chat to somebody in such a, a similar field, although doing his own uh, very unique and kind of distinct swing from ourselves. Yeah, this is maybe a bit of a technical episode, but um, I'm hoping the interesting an- anecdotes have, have drawn people through it. Um, and say if people wanted to contact us about being a guest on the show or um, about, you know, chatting with us or, or any of the work would they do, how would they do that, Anton? Yes, you can, of course, send us a ye-, ye olden email at contact at nacmedia.co.uk. Or alternatively, we are on the, the, the new fangled social media, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. Um, and that is at Nakamedia LLP on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. We're actually trying to grow our LinkedIn at the moment. So uh, please do come over, see what we do. It's a bit more of a professional space. And so we're, we're happy still to chat with you on there. Yeah, and vice versa with all of the other platforms. If Instagram's your jam, we, we can respond to messages on there. We can all just send photos to, photos to each other, which is... Uh, We're a big you know. fan of frogs here at Nakamedia, um, so do send us a nice frog pic, you know? And or, of co- alternatively, leave us a review <laughs> on your yeah. podcasting site of choice. That does and really help us more than yeah. sending us frog pics. It really helps boost us up the, the ratings and tells the algorithm that even if there's just a select few that are listening, uh, those people really enjoy it and more people should give it a listen, which is, of course, greatly appreciated. But I think on that note, until next time. Bye for now. Au revoir. <laughs>